If you have your Bibles, I want you to uh, turn to the book of Acts chapter number one. The book of Acts chapter number one. If you do uh, decide to come in the morning, it won't be the same message as tonight. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be a free double dip, okay? So <laughs> I might be in the same book and chapter, but it won't be the same message. Uh, Acts chapter number one. I want you to start at the first verse. We're going to read down to the 11th verse, and then we'll see what the Holy Spirit would say. Reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, our uh, default setting. Here it says, In my first book to you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During... The 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now, if you have a Bible or if you have your little app and you can make a highlight, I want you to highlight kingdom of God. Uh, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just a few days, uh, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, "Uh, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So uh, 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 I I want some participation with this uh, message uh, title. I really need you to fill in the blank. Uh, uh, If you've watched uh, any number of hours of television or any dramas or any action, uh, inevitably you have seen a scene Uh, where there's some chaos or there's a fire or there's a shooting or there's a a spectacle and somebody will say, don't just stand there. Good job. That was, see, we didn't even rehearse that and you already knew it. Okay. So I'm going to do it again with the same kind of like intensity and I need you to do your part a little bit louder. Okay. Don't just stand there. Oh my God. Y'all are alive today. One more time. That was fun. Okay, ready? Don't just stand there. Do something. So good. We make a great team. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, okay? Lord, help us to not get stuck. Empower us, as you already have, to do something. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, The book of Acts is one of my favorite... uh, books in the Bible, in the New Testament, especially uh, because of uh, the person who's prominent in the book. Uh, It's not Peter. It's not John. It's not the Apostle Paul. It's not Stephen who was stoned. 
It's actually the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is active in the lives of his believers to accomplish the good works of the kingdom of God. The full title of the book of Acts is properly uh, the, 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 the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. That, that's really the, the full context of the book of Acts. It's not just acts of men. It's actually the acts of the person of the Holy Spirit through ordinary men, allowing them to do extraordinary things. What I love about the book of Acts is what you'll see over and over again from the first chapter to the last are all of these different men and women who experience an encounter with Jesus Christ, become filled with the Holy Spirit, and then do things in the earth that they could never do on their own. So much to the glory of God that people said, uh, God has to be with these people because we know them and they're really regular. Some of these people are so regular, we know they didn't even complete their GED. Some of these are dumb fishermen, and they're so profound in their preaching with boldness that we have to conclude that we don't know what seminary they went to, but they've been with Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He turns what is normal, abnormal, what is irregular, regular, what is profound or really not into something other than what is? This is the power of the Holy Spirit in the work of his believers. And in this particular passage of scripture, we have the story of Jesus ascending. Now, now here is what is amazing to me, and I think this is part of uh, the testimony and the witness of Jesus Christ that we forget, is that uh, he had a miraculous birth. No man was involved. He was, he was born of a virgin. He did many miracles on earth. He died a criminal's death on the cross. He was buried, and after three days, he got up. And we, and we talk about that with, with power, with passion, and with conviction. Um, but, but I think sometimes what we miss is that not only did he get up, he flew up. That he didn't just rise from the dead and get in a car and drive to heaven. There's no like little Eden place that we cannot find. He actually ascended into heaven. And grown men said this. Not eight-year-olds. Not 11-year-olds. Grown men said that he ascended. And they're having this conversation and he's telling them about the kingdom of God. And the reason why I wanted you to underline that is because uh, at the very center of why God called us to name this church embassy is because it is a representation of heaven on earth. Yes. That when Christ came into the Roman backdrop, that empire, and decided to establish his kingdom, he was doing something that was antithetical to the Roman empire. The Roman empire was taking territory. As you've heard the old adage, all roads led to Rome. Rome had covered such a vast part of the known world that it was the most advanced and powerful kingdom that there was. 
When Jesus comes to establish his kingdom, there's a thought in the minds of the people that are following him that there's, there's going to be an overthrow of the Roman Empire and we're going to establish and take over more territory land-wise, geographically, than Rome. But Jesus was never after land space. He's always been after heart space. And the reason why the kingdom of God cannot be stopped because it cannot be contained by geographical matter. It is not dirt, land, and square footage. It is the hearts of men and women transformed from stone to flesh. This is the kingdom. And this is why nobody can stop it. Because you can't stop Jesus Christ penetrating the hearts of men, you can make laws, you can legislate it, you can tell us not to pray, you can tell us not to go someplace, you can behead us, but it can still happen because Jesus' word can't come back void. He says, I'm establishing the kingdom of God. I've talked to you about the kingdom of God, and you're going to do some amazing things on behalf of the kingdom of God. And they're getting all excited. They're like, yeah, so when is this going to happen? When are you going to overthrow Rome so we can have this kingdom of God experience? And he's just looking like, I'm about to go and you're still asking me this. He was like, the time is in the father's hands. That's not for me to discuss. But, but here's what I can discuss with you. You're going to receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And when that happens, and, and it can't happen before, because you guys were cowards before. I had to come into a locked room to see where you all were. So without this Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you won't do much. So please stay here until he comes. <laughs> okay? Because I've seen what you look like without him, and you're not that good. And none of us are. He says, he says um, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, and then you're going to be my witnesses. And, and he lays out the most incredible apostolic plan that the world has ever seen. You're going to start here in Jerusalem where you are. You're going to go next door to Judea. Then you'll go next door to uh, Samaria. And then you'll go to the uttermost parts of the earth. You will go to Cleveland. You will go to L.A. You will go to Detroit. You will go to Russia, the Ukraine. It will go everywhere and nothing's going to stop it. He gives this to them. They're listening to him. And in what can only be determined as one of the most awesome events in human history, a cloud comes while he's talking to them. And the dude just floats off. While they're watching. The scripture says, while he's talking to them and gives them some information, a cloud comes. And while they're watching, he starts going up in the air. Hey, Peter, yeah, he gone. <laughs> I can't. Is he? Oh, man, I can't really. Can you still see him? I, I, I can't really see the sun's in my eyes. Which one? Wow. Oh, y'all are smart. That was, I threw that in there. Y'all are smart. Oh, y'all make me so proud. 
They stared so long that two white robed men appeared. They didn't announce their way up the mountain. Hey guys, what are you doing? Looking at something? Two white robed men just appeared. And they were so distracted looking up that they didn't even notice that these guys just appeared. So they were still. And the white robed men showed up and they were like, I can just imagine them saying on behalf of God, these are the guys you called to change the world. I mean, they, they're not even. I thought you wanted to send them out. They, not up. They're looking up. They're, not, they're supposed to be going out. And they're, they're just still staring. And then one of them says, why, why are y'all standing here? Why are y'all standing here staring up into heaven? The same guy that you just saw go up, he's coming back. Uh, and y'all have some stuff to do before he gets back. So don't just stand there. I think the guy just told you <laughs> that the Holy Spirit's going to come. You're going to be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the end, uttermost parts of the earth. And the way you respond to that is this. And I would submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that there are a lot of believers stuck in the kingdom, looking up instead of looking out. There's many of us that are not fulfilling the, the, the mandate of the Great Commission because we're so preoccupied with him coming back that we're not even working. <laughs> on what he told us to do until he gets back. So there's three reasons why I want to give you the reasons why we can't just stand there. Three reasons why we can't just stand there. Point number one, we have places to go. <laughs> Acts 1.8. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And if you write, and write a, a little note uh, right, right under that as it relates to us as Embassy City Church, as ambassadors on behalf of this king, ambassadors travel on behalf of their kingdom. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's no U.S. embassy in the United States. Kind of doesn't work that way. We don't need an embassy in our own country to represent us. We need embassies outside of our country to represent the values, the ethics, the policies, the procedures of the home country on foreign soil. And so embassies are required, ambassadors that are in embassies are required to be somewhere else besides their home country. That's what makes it an embassy. And on that foreign soil represents all of 
the internal policy and procedure of the whole country. And the, so much, in fact, that if you walk into a U.S. embassy while on foreign soil, you're no longer considered to be on foreign soil. You're in America, which makes you in that country, but no longer of it. I think Paul said somewhere that, that, that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. He's speaking as a kingdom-minded individual that understands the context of where God has called him to be. And so we have places to go. And some of those places, you know, we think about missions trips and being mission-minded, and we always think we have to go far. Your mission could be next door. The guy that you see every Saturday morning cutting his grass, you've been his neighbor for seven years, the kingdom of God is so close to him, it would blow his mind, and you still haven't said, hi? Huh? You walk right, you get your mail and walk right back in, and the whole kingdom is near this guy, and he doesn't know it. I think sometimes that we get our priorities uh, uh, sensationalized. We, we, we sensationalize the mandate that God has put on our lives as believers to the point that we don't think we're doing anything big unless it's somewhere far. I went on a missions trip. I was in Uganda. Boy, I was really on a mission. But you work at IBM Monday through Friday. And that's one of the greatest mission fields that you could have is your job. Because you already know a sinner. We got places to go. So go there. And whether it's Jerusalem, which is your, your own city, the neighboring city, the city after that, or all the way around the world, we as ambassadors have to travel to spread this good news. So point number one is we have places to go. Point number two, write this down. We have people to see. Y'all know I'm simple with my points. We have places to go. We have people to see. Bullet point, ambassadors represent on behalf of the king. Acts 1.8, again, all of my points are going to be derived from Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses. You're going to be my witness. Anybody here ever served on jury duty? Anybody here ever, ever have to uh, uh, write down on a marriage certificate or something or on a um, notarized document, I'm a witness to uh, what has happened? That takes interaction with other people. He says, you're going to be my witness. The Holy Spirit's going to do some things in the earth, but he's going to do them through you. And so you have to be the one to be present in order for the Holy Spirit to witness. And if you're not there, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is great. Uh, this, 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 I, 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 I've seen this because I've been in church my whole life. Okay, I, I, I've seen people. I've heard people pray prayers about God change that person. Because they need you. And I don't even know where we started this. But, you know, we just laser beam the prayer. I guess that makes it focus. Mm, I'm going to get this prayer to you. You really need this one. Jesus, help them because they're crazy. 
And maybe Jesus is like, yeah, I wanted to, but you won't go say hi to him yet. Because you've already judged him. And I wanted to use you to make them uncrazy. And you keep asking me to fix it, Jesus. But I can't fix it without a person. I don't have any ambassadorial representation in this region to make this person uncrazy. Because nobody will point my light in their direction through a body to see them transformed for my name. It's on us. I, I have uh, had the privilege now, uh, because again, you guys know I'm, I'm pretty simple. Um, I'm a maximizer. I, I, I tend to be very efficient. And so uh, when we moved into the neighborhood that we live in now, uh, I asked the Lord for the opportunity uh, to shine the light of Jesus Christ uh, to my next door neighbor that lives here uh, to my right, uh, across the street, directly across the street, the house there, uh, across the street to the house here, and then the house that's directly next to it. So four houses. I know that's kind of underwhelming because I'm supposed to win the whole neighborhood for Jesus. <laughs> I guess especially since I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to like do it really big. So the whole block got saved because I moved in. No, take your time. Gonna be there a while, okay. So I just said four houses. Just give me an opportunity to sow a seed. I don't have to get out there with a bullhorn. You all going to hell. Come to church on Saturday at five or be doomed. Bye. What? So over the course of the seven years or so that we've been living in this house, the Lord has made opportunities for me to share my faith with our neighbors. And some, because I just prayed for the opportunity to present itself and then led by the Holy Spirit, I have the opportunity to kind of step in and just kind of flash the news that's good. That Jesus is alive and well. And here's how it looks in me. So one of them that I love very much is uh, the neighbor uh, to my left, he no longer lives there, but he was that neighbor that was like the recluse, right? He didn't want to speak to anybody. So he was the guy that I, he just timed his garage door opener. He had a great receiver on it. So I think he pushed it like when he got off the highway. And so the garage was already open. And when he turned the corner, he just went like this into. And if you walked out to even wave at him, it was already going back down. You were like, hey, I. I you know, he was like a mystery man. You were just kind of like, I've seen, I mean, I mean I've, see, I've glimpsed the guy. I've just never had the opportunity to get past the, he, it goes down so fast. He could like put an extra motor on it. I've never seen a garage. So my wife who can call information out of anybody, she should really work for the interrogations office because they would confess, she would get, they would get a confession in five minutes if Juliet sat with him. Anybody Juliet meets, she walks back in, she was like, so here's the deal. <laughs> We've been living here for like 11 years. She lost her job and oh my God, it was just so horrible. All I say is hi to people and I just walk back in the house. I, you know, my wife gets it all. Well, with this guy, I was just praying, God, give me an opportunity. I know he drives in his garage fast, but <laughs> Would you give me an opportunity? And, and listen, I just asked for the opportunity. You don't start praying stupid stuff like break his garage door. <laughs> don't let it work. You know, you just, God, give me the opportunity. And however you want the opportunity to manifest itself, that'll be fine. Well, one day it happened. 
the guy, I don't know how this happens. I, I, I've, I've heard of people locking uh, uh, themselves out of their car. I've never heard anybody locking themselves out of their house. He locked himself out the house. And because he's such a recluse, I know he was out there for a good hour <laughs> before he finally conceded <laughs> to say, I need some help. His cell phone was in there. He couldn't, he had nothing. So I hear, I hear my doorbell ring and a, and a light knock and I start walking toward the front door and we knew his name was Alan. Juliet had that, got that. <laughs> Wasn't me. So, so I go to the door and I open it and I said, Alan? <laughs> I couldn't believe it, I didn't know what happened. He was like, hi. And he was an accountant. So don't make that noise. But we need accountants in our lives, okay? But, but if you know accountants, some of them, I know some of them were really uh, boisterous personalities, but the majority of them, like they'd rather be with numbers than people. Like they're just like, I don't want to talk to you. This, you're not a math problem, so I'm better here. Right? I just data, right? He was like, hi. And I was like, hey, man, what do you need? He was like, uh, locked myself out the house. And I was like, oh, man, you want to come in and use the phone? That would be great. So I let him in the house, and he's on, on, the, on the phone. He's calling the guy. And as soon as he started down the number and, and talking to the guy, the Holy Spirit said, uh, pay for the locksmith to open up his door. And I was like, sweet, this is great. This would be great. So uh, he calls the locksmith, and then he's kind of sitting there, and then, then, then my mother-in-law swoops in, and she's like, do you want something to eat? And that almost just made him, like, melt. He was like, ah! Like, you know, ah! like, I, I never wanted to come in your house, and now you're trying to feed me. No! Get away from me! He accepted a small plate. We waited for the uh, guy to get there, and it just so happened that, you know, my wife being who she is, kind of distracted them, they get into this conversation, uh, and I'm able to go out to the locksmith and, and hand him my card and say, hey, I'm paying for it, I don't want him to pay for it. So he does it, runs it, it's fine. Uh, that day, and this doesn't happen all the time, but that day I just happened to be in a classical uh, music mood, I usually listen to it in the car, but I had it playing in the house. God doesn't do anything by accident, okay? And so I'm playing classical music in the house, and. Um, and uh, at the end of the whole episode, uh, he realizes when he goes to pay, hey, man, it's already been taken care of. Your buddy paid for it, which almost made him die again. I don't have a buddy. I don't have buddies. Who's my buddy? What is going on? Okay. So he's like, hey, your buddy, your buddy already uh, paid for it. And he's mortified. Right? He's already running numbers in the head. How much do I owe him if he paid for it. What does this mean? And so he comes back and he's like, um, man, you didn't have to pay for, I, I said, I know, I don't, anytime somebody tells me that, my response always is, I don't have to do anything, I'm grown. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to do that. I, I know I didn't, I'm grown. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Uh, but I just wanted to do it. So you just have to receive it. He was just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That was the episode, okay, that, that's the end. I would love to tell you he fell on his knees and gave his life to Jesus because I opened up his car. Stop, okay? 
May I say another thing as it relates to what we've been empowered to do? Another thing that we sensationalize? Souls. Everybody wants the bragging right of bringing somebody into the kingdom, but nobody wants to talk about sowing the seeds and watering the seeds that bring the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. It's not my assignment to seal the deal. The Holy Spirit brings people to Jesus. And sometimes he does it through me. Sometimes he does it through others. I want to be just as intense about the sowing of a seed as I am about the reaping of the harvest. So he goes home. A couple of weeks later, he comes by the house and hands me an envelope. And in it was two tickets to the Bass Hall for a symphony. He said, hey, listen, I heard you playing classical music that day, and that's my favorite type of music. I don't know if you can use these tickets, but if you ever want to go to the symphony, I just thank you for opening that door that day, and I want to give these tickets to you. It's an amazing moment. He gave me the tickets. Guess what? He still didn't get saved. Shocker. Spoiler alert. He just went back home. But he came back for food often. He came back for food often. The guy started coming back. He didn't speed in his garage. He actually parked, kept it open, walked back outside. Hey, man, how you doing? Then he prepared, because of his job, to transfer to Seattle. And he came over one day, and he was just saying goodbye. Thank you for all you've done. And we helped him uh, arrange uh, for some people to pick up some furniture. Uh, he was trying to you know, sell everything kind of fast before he left. Uh, and I was walking him back out the front door, and I, and I said, hey, Alan, can I, can I just share something with you real quick? I said, I don't want you to think this is um, you know, uh, crazy, uh, but, but I just want to share something that I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart for you. I didn't know what his faith was. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't care at this point. I wanted to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. So I just go to open my mouth to share what, what, I, what I thought the Lord was saying. And for the next about three and a half minutes, the Holy Spirit just read them. Now, now I didn't know this before I opened my mouth. The Holy Spirit was like, I need you to say this one piece. And that one piece turned into a three minute, three and a half minute, you know, prophetic word into his life. Okay. Um, you could tell he doesn't know what to do at the moment. Okay. And I'm talking to him like I'm talking to you now. Right. So it wasn't like, a, mm, Jesus, let me tell you something. Jesus is speaking. <laughs> I got a word, buddy. I got a word. Bring the oil, baby. Bring the oil. I feel God in here. <laughs> will, will you please do away with your religious prefixes and allow God to use you? without it being crazy. He didn't get slain in the spirit in my foyer. He didn't land on the tile hard. Okay. I just casually and conversationally gave him this prophetic word. And I said, can I pray with you? And he said, yes. 
bowed his head, we closed his eyes, we started praying. And when I said amen, the prayer was very brief, you know me. Um, prayer was very brief. When I opened my eyes, he had these hot tears streaking down his face. And I said, Alan, I don't, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've had to endure. But I just really feel like God's, God's going to protect you. And, and there's going to be a part of you that has never been alive that's going to come alive. And he said, well, you, can I keep in touch with you when I leave? And, and I said, yeah. And we kept in touch for about six months. Now, listen, at the end of this whole thing, he didn't get saved on my watch. I know one thing, though. Those experiences can never be taken away. And there's a seed in his heart that God can use to bring a harvest. Whether it was in Roanoke or Seattle, I believe he's coming into the kingdom. We have people to see. Okay? Point number three, write this down. We have things to do. Point number one, we have places to go. Point number two, we have people to see. Point number three, we have things to do. Shocker, my scripture is Acts 1.8. Okay? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So here's the bullet point for, for point three. Ambassadors are empowered by the king. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. We have things to do. You know what he's called us to do? Be witnesses. And we have to be empowered to do that. There are so many people that are timid about sharing their faith. That's going to be weird, and if I say something, then they're going to be looking at me crazy. You know? Oh, no, it's kind of awkward. The reason why I try to teach messages that are just clear, concise, and to the point is because I want to make you all great evangelists. I want you to be so empowered by the word and it come across so smoothly that you can just walk into work and be like, man, I got to tell you what happened yesterday. You know what? Don't just stand there. You need to do something. Because listen, point one. (laughs) Here's the thing. I want you all to preach it better than me. Because here's the true fact. You, can, you have relational equity and access to people that I do not have access to. And you can try to push off the podcast and invite them to church, or you could be a good repeater, like we talked about last week. You can just open up your mouth and share the message in the way it came across to you. It doesn't have to sound like, well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher. You're a commissioned minister of Jesus Christ. The moment you said you believe in Jesus, it was time for you to act. And he's empowered us to do that. So whether you're real loud like me or quiet, he can use you to bring people into the kingdom. So let him. He wants to use you. The power of the gospel message, the power of the Holy Spirit given to us to proclaim this gospel message has been working for over 2,000 years. It doesn't matter what happens culturally, politically. It doesn't matter what, what, what happens uh, socially, economically. The gospel message has been able to endure all of it. It's still around, and it's still as potent as it was. And it works everywhere. 
Juliet and I were in Singapore two weeks ago, and there's between 800 to 1,100 people packed into a room from the front to the back for three days straight for seven sessions. They would go eat and run back in there and be sitting there, <coughs> eyes wide open, hearts attentive, notes out, getting the word of God so they could go put it into practice. The gospel message, is, it endures for a reason. Because the person behind the message is still living. And the reason why I have the bullet points as it relates to ambassadors is because that's our assignment as ambassadors in this community. If you've come through our engaged class and become a resident of our community, I, I share this, that, that, that we are going to operate in the kingdom of God from this embassy on a first name basis as ambassadors. It's real simple. He's just called us to reach the people that are right around us. And sometimes you have a Chris and Kelly who get called to South Africa. And sometimes you'll have an Elsa who gets called across the street. Whether it's near or far, here's what I love. Anywhere there is an ambassador of Jesus Christ in his kingdom, God's kingdom is close to them. Do you know that when Jesus uh, said to his listeners, the kingdom of God is at hand, he wasn't being deep and profound. He was literally saying the kingdom of God is at hand. If you would reach out your hand and embrace this message, this is how close the kingdom is to you. So here's what I want to leave you with. If that's our assignment, let it not be said that somebody in the cubicle next to us could be that close to the kingdom and never hear about it. Let it not be said that our spiritual posture is like this. I'll be glad when you come back. I'm looking for you. Man, all the stuff going on right now lets me know that you must be closer than you ever are before. This is probably the generation where you come back, so I could probably just slack off now because you'll be here any minute. You should probably hear trumpet pretty soon. Probably. I'm going to just stay in my room and pray all day. Hurry up, God. Come back. I'm tired of this. Come back, Jesus. Hurry up, God. Come on, Jesus. Come back, God. Come through, Jesus. Come through, God. Well, you're not going to get a white-robed man that appears to you because he'll scare you to death and you'll die. <laughs> but you have me today, and I, I, I can't wear white. I'll get it so dirty. I would have been, I'd have had stains by the time I got to, got to the church. So you have a gray suit guy, and it's not a robe either because that's just weird. Um, don't just stand there. Do something. It doesn't have to be big. It may not be on TV. It may just be Alan the accountant that drives off to Seattle with a U-Haul hitched to his car 
trying to get in his mind, how did that guy know? Well, the guy didn't. The person inside the guy did. Because I wouldn't just stand there. We do something. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? We have places to go. We have people to see. We have things to do. And you may be here under the sound of my voice, and you may be thinking to yourself, man, I've let some opportunities pass me by. Don't feel guilty. Don't, don't kick yourself too hard. I, I've done the same thing. There's been times where the Holy Spirit has been on me strong. I, I, I need you to do this. And, and I, for whatever reason, wouldn't submit fully to that prompting and an opportunity passed me by. What I'm grateful for is that I'm not the only one he can use to reach people. But with that being said, I don't want to regret the unique opportunity the Holy Spirit gives us to reach people for the kingdom on an everyday basis. So if you need to be empowered, if you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, it's an easy process. <laughs> Just accept the Holy Spirit as a free gift that is given to us by God through Jesus Christ. It is Jesus that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit if you're going to do and say the things that Jesus did and said. So in a moment we're going to pray and whether it's in response to this message or if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, you don't know him as your personal savior or maybe you're sick in your body and you need to be healed, you want prayer, we would love to pray for you. Whatever the situation is, we'd love to pray for you. You do not have to be a resident of Embassy City Church to come for prayer. So if you're visiting, we're just your family. We're an extension of your family. It's an embassy, which means citizens of the kingdom get to be here. So if you need prayer for anything at all, in a moment, we're going to sing one last song. I'll ask you to stand. And at that time, if you need prayer, I just want you to come, okay? So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet?